Like what you hear, but not yet an AEI Premium member? Go to aei.ag premium to sign up for the free trial today. Welcome. Thank you all for joining us. Brent, there's a big data drop this week from the USDA, all their net farm income estimates. Big update for ag economists like us. We have a lot of charts that we posted on the premium side of the site. Two articles. There are so many charts. We actually just put charts at the end of the slide because I know a lot of you use these in your own stuff. So we wrote about what was most important in our mind, but also included a lot of other charts. So you need to go take a look at that. And we were trying to decide how we're going to kick this one off. We decided each of us are going to talk about two charts. And I know some of you are listening, but we'll describe it. We gave ourselves collectively one. So there's only going to be five that we're going to talk about. So Brent, the first one, of course, is net farm income being adjusted for inflation going back you know, several decades. But 2021 net farm income estimated at more than $100 billion, something like $113 billion, which gets us pretty high in historical context. That's right up there, top third of the range, I would guess, in terms of net farm income on a real basis. So it's set to be a pretty good year, to be a phenomenally good year for corn and soybean producers. One of the areas in particular are going to do quite well, although these, these commodity prices have kind of been leaking lower on us here for the last you know couple of weeks. We'll see there's a big report coming up shortly after we record that we'll have a lot to say about that. Of course, a lot of headlines talked about the 2021 number. It's going to be up a lot from 2022. And I think this is a great example of how sometimes we miss the forest for the trees. $25 billion, that's how much they reduced the 2020 estimate. Now, that doesn't come as a surprise to us. Most of that's because they get more data about cost of production in 2022. And so it's very common the August report to move uh, the previous year significantly. And we're going to talk about that big reduction, but 2020 comes from one of the highest in history. I think the third highest in ni- since 1970, closer to the middle. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. The one thing I want to show is where 2020 looked like. Last November and last winter, the conversation was, oh my gosh, the government had record high amounts of direct payments and the net farm income was among the highest, the top three. But now that the dust has settled, and now we know more about what happened in 2020, the underlying economic activity, this is a measure that we actually look at. It's net farm income when you take away direct payments and where you add back in capital consumption, which is kind of this idea about depreciation of, of assets that are already been purchased. It's a squirrely metric. Can't see Brent, he's laughing because that is, that is kind of an odd number for us to look at. But anyway... Underlying economic activity at the farm sector, as we measure it, was in 2020, $81 billion, which is the lowest that we've seen in more than a decade. And so now the narrative is kind of like, you know, the USDA had to probably make really big direct payments in 2020 to keep the farm economy from having a bit of a train wreck. Now, the question is, is how much? And that was a decision they made a year ago, right? And so it's interesting how they made decisions a year ago without knowing how the markets would finish, the yields would finish. And now they're even one step removed. We even have more data to understand it. And so thinking about the quality of decisions we make and how the outcomes can impact them. 2020 was a pretty difficult year for the farm sector without government payments. Um, If the payments wouldn't have been there, it would have been not a really good year. And I think 
times there was a lot of narrative around, well, there's farmers getting a lot of payments and things are pretty good. But that data would suggest now that the things were going to be pretty rough. I mean, the, the payments did make it, so it was a pretty good year. But without them, it would have been kind of a rough year. So let's talk about that a little more in depth. What has changed in the measurements of 2020 net farm income from just February to September? Well, they pulled out $25 billion in bottom line income. Where did that come from? Well, $7.5 of it came out of lower value of crop production. Another $11 billion came out of higher production expenses. And then the other category, which has interest expense that accounted for about $4 billion of that. So when you take this narrative together, Production expenses creeping up. Production expenses in 2020 were higher than initially expected. And also this interest expense story. I think those are two narratives that we're going to want to keep in mind. As we move forward, production expenses creeping higher will probably linger with us into 2022. Yeah, absolutely. I think those production expenses certainly headed up a lot. One of the things that actually started heading down that maybe surprised some people is Total farm debt actually decreased in 2021. Now, most of that decrease was from non-real estate debt. Real estate debt actually did increase again in 21, but the non-real estate debt fell quite a bit. And part of that is just reflection of you know the better financial condition of the sector. I think the operating loans and things like that are, are down quite a bit. And I would expect that to be the case going into 2022 as well. The real estate debt is where you're going to see the increase, but we're right at all-time highs there on total farm debt in real terms. These are preliminary. So we'll see where this total debt number finishes up, if it continues down or how it plays out. I, I have a feeling that it could creep up a little bit from where they currently estimate it, but, but we'll see. The other measure is the working capital and showing that climbing again somewhere. I suppose that's around $75 billion, David. I don't know the number off the top of my head. 84. Um, the lowest 73. So we're back up to 80s, which is a good improvement from where we've been. But if you kind of look at that, it's been pretty flat since uh, 16. I would expect that as they start adjusting these, this one is going to get ratcheted up again as well. I expect to see that number climb significantly in the coming year or two as, as these better economic conditions allow farmers to kind of rebuild that working capital, which I think would be a good sign. Because if you look at this, like in the farmland market, today is feeling like 10, 11, 12 in terms of pricing pretty robust prices, very active markets. In those days, you know, we were well north of, you know, we were bumping up to $200 billion of working capital. So we don't have the working capital, at least according to this data that we had in those times. And I, I kind of think it's probably going to get adjusted. It's probably a combination of, yeah, we don't have it quite as much, but we probably got a little more than USDA says at this point. That guess is that is our quick overview of the latest data. There's a lot of slides and stuff in there, but always keeping in mind what's going on on the income side of the ledger for producers and also what's the balance sheet look like. Farmland values will be a huge part of that balance sheet heading into 2022. To wrap this up, Brent, sometimes we got to admit when we write a bad question. So for the Ag Forecast Network, I think we learned the most for what seems like bad questions at the end of the day. In November last year, we asked, what's the probability of Direct farm payments in the U.S. farm economy getting above $18 billion. 
2021. We've closed that question. We closed it a little bit early. We wrote an article explaining why. But the reason, primary reason is because the latest data suggests $28 billion in direct payments have been made. So 18 uh, as the line, we're at 28. It seems like we were way off the mark. But if you look at that article, look at that data a little bit, uh, without some of the stimulus that we had passed at the end of 2020, and that $20 per acre producers got at the beginning of the year, direct payments could have been closer to $10 billion. And so I guess in hindsight, that question was probably going to be either way under or way over the final number. It's just a question of where it was going to fall out. Well, so much was, I think the PPP and all of that stuff was a little bit of a certain so much of whether that was going to go over is dependent upon those ad hoc programs. And sometimes they're a little hard to forecast. It's just, I think the nature of, of the beast on that, it's hard to get it just right. Cause if you ask us to forecast the payments coming out of the farm bill programs that are written, you get pretty close, but when you start throwing those ad hoc ones on that gets tough to, to get accurately. <laughs> especially when the house writes something and the Senate writes something, and then they write something together and then the president signs it or doesn't sign it. Um, there's just a lot of moving pieces, but one of the takeaways that hopefully folks think about when they look at that question and think about that always learning article we put up is direct payments are probably going to be down a lot again in 2022 without sort of congressional action to provide ad hoc programs. We see another significant step lower in direct farm payments. You know, we'll see when we eventually get back to traditional farm bill programs as being 95 or 100% of the spending, but we're a long ways away from that. In fact, it's interesting, ad hoc programs, there's always a little bit of ad hoc program. Ad hoc programs were about 75% of all the payments made in 2021, which is a little bit more than what it was in 2020. So it's even a bigger share this year, which is Kind of a surprise, but we think about a lot of those programs were authorized last calendar year, just deployed or producers received that funding in 2021. All right, Brent. Well, this is probably going to be one of the last ones you join us for, for a few weeks. You're probably going to start harvest in a few weeks. So any final thoughts, anything you're thinking about before you head to the combine? Not anything too specific, just uh, ready, ready to get started with harvest and looking forward to that. All right. We'll get some guests lined up and I'll be solo. And if Brent catches a rainy day, we'll uh, get him back in here to record with us. But in the meantime, we're going to keep writing articles and writing new Forecast Network questions. So thanks for listening. And uh, we look forward to catching you in a future one. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thanks.